For over 50 years, Walt Disney has turned classic stories into classic animated motion pictures. Now the tradition continues as one of the world's greatest stories becomes the newest Disney motion picture classic. The Little Mermaid. I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see them dancing. Up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun. It's the story of Ariel. A beautiful young mermaid who wants to become human. He's very handsome, isn't he? I don't know. He looks kind of hairy and slobbery to me. Not that one. The other one. And she'll strike a bargain with a powerful sea witch. Have we got a deal? To make her dream come true. What I want from you is... Your voice. My voice? You've got it, sweet cake. Ariel's been turned into a human. Have you lost your senses completely? The human world, it's a mess. Now, the little mermaid is exploring the mysteries of her strange new world. What's your name? What's wrong? You can't speak? But to regain her voice, the sea witch's spell must be broken. Move it! We got an emergency here! Broken by the kiss of true love. Yes, it's Walt Disney Pictures' 28th full-length animated motion picture, featuring dozens of delightful new Disney characters and seven magical new songs. This holiday season, share the wonder and magic of a very special entertainment event. A fantastic adventure above the waves and under the sea. Under the sea! Disney Pictures, The Little Mermaid. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back. Listeners, our Disney series has started. We're back on Disney. Two Disney animated classics in a row. Yes, indeed. Stay tuned, everybody. My name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And And these these are are the the movies movies that made made us gay. gay. Mm -hmm. Pete. Mm-hmm. We had our friend of the pod, Allison, back on. Hello. Allison, Hello. welcome back Hello. on. You've been on for Hocus Pocus, Steel Magnolias, and what was your third? Practical Magic. Practical Magic wow. last year. Continuing in my witch-related movie ah, yes. appearances. Very true. I, love I mean, it. Steel Magnolias is a half because I was a co-guest. True. This is it true. wasn't a true Allison joint. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but now we're back. We're back, and we got to The Little Mermaid, directed yes. by Ron Clements and John Musker, released November 17th, 1989. We yes, got to our did. Little Mermaid episode. So much fun. I can't yeah, wait it's about to time. talk about it. It's about time. Um, there's so much going on in this movie. <laughs> I love it. I feel like we, when I first asked you over two years ago to come on our show, you, you immediately said The Little Mermaid. We had like a this. Either I brought it up, or you mentioned it, kind of like hypothetically. And either way, there have been discussions about me coming on for a little early Mermaid. on, very yes. early on. Yes, hypothetically. <laughs> so okay. No, the Steel Magnolias episode was like a year. It was last year. Yeah, um, that was fun though. We love Steel Magnolias too. But I mean, Little Mermaid. It's it's uh, it's a classic. Classic. I mean, it's classic. Mm-hmm. There is like there's like Prince Eric running around. 
I mean, with those eyebrows. Little gay boys and girls <laughs> also love mermaids. There's amazing hairography going There's on. There's so mm-hmm. much hairography oh, in this movie. I have in my notes, I think that you mentioned it, Ariel's hair, Elaine Bennis at moments. Well, because even as a child, I was four when this movie came out, but I think, <laughs> so maybe not my first watching, but even at a very young age, the basic construct of her hair and how yeah. it worked... Like the the mechanics behind it. There's some pretty magical and, bangs. And I don't think, but they're not. Bangs. <laughs> but That's they're what they said too. They're, they're not like, bangs, but they're not bangs. It's, it's like if it's you, a swoop of it's like hair. If you tease, if like you yeah. did a side part and then you teased it, I'm gonna tell you exactly how it's done. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Um, but it's like teased out and then it just sort of brought in front. And I and I was talking about it the other night and. I came to the conclusion that it's Elaine Bennis hair because there's those early seasons of Seinfeld where also, and this is not <laughs> animated, it's an actual living human I'm seeing on, on TV. Yeah. And I don't understand the basic mechanics of that hairstyle either. So mm-hmm. it's it's just boggling. The Elaine Bennis wall of hair. But, I mean, a wall of hair. <laughs> but is there a more covetable head of hair in Disney history. Oh, it's beautiful. More than Tangled. It's like, because the way it moves. In the, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's, color it's like, red. It's like lust. Like it, even now watching it, I'm just like. Yeah. like the I, colors I become feel, iconic. Feel I mean, it's iconic. And I know that when they were animating it, the hair was a very hot button issue with the producer, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and the animator that Jeffrey Katzenberg just assumed all mermaids are blonde because Splash had just come out. So he really insisted, like, we have to have a blonde mermaid. And the animators were like, no, it's going to look better underwater. And uh, kind of a dark red when you go in shadows is going to be easier to do than blonde. And what's so funny is, so I'm I'm a redhead. Um, it's gone darker as I've gotten older. So I've used, you know, certain chemical magic to bring it back to its luster when I was six years old. But <laughs> I don't think I even realized that I was a redhead this young at this age because it didn't look didn't like look that. Sure. Yeah. I think I, in fact, I, I remember a classmate's mother had hair, this color and I came home one day and I, or I think I pointed her out to my like mom at some like open house thing. I said, like, look, she's got hair like Ariel. And I think that was the day I learned that that's not a color that actually grew out of <laughs> Fire engine red hair doesn't quite yeah. grow out of the head. I, 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 so from a hair standpoint, I actually uh, related to Belle. I was like, well, you know, Sure. The other little girls. I'm like, well, you're not Belle. I'm Belle because I have the brown hair. But actually, I have red hair, but I didn't. Disney made me not see myself, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that red hair, it's like it does not exist in nature, but she's a mermaid. Mm-hmm. So, and hey. the way it moves, it just. Uh, taken inspiration from astronaut Sally Ride and videos of her in a weightless environment. Really? Yes. Oh, oh, oh sure. The movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. The animators studied some of those, some of that footage to get that fl- uh, weightlessness to Ariel's hair. So yeah, they took a lot of inspiration from all over the place for for the character of Ariel. For a lot of the characters in this movie that we'll definitely get to, but <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I mean, this movie came out in 1989, like we said. November uh, of 89, yep. Yeah. I, I do have memories of seeing it in the theater. I was, you know, I was a kid, but significantly older than the two of you. So I do remember seeing it. I love it how you always mention that in every single episode of the show. I mean, when movies came out in the 90s and you were two and I was like fully like 10, you know. I think I do that 
more than I realize to my younger coworkers too. I'm like, well, I am significantly older than you. And they're like, you're not in the grave. And I was like, you need to know that I have I mean, lived. I've got one foot in the grave at this point. But. So do you remember seeing this in the theater then? Or like, what Like, what do you remember about seeing it in the theater? Uh, I remember just really loving it. I remember loving the music, loving the songs, um, thinking Ariel was just like super cool. You know, she's like, she's 16. She knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. Come on. She's grown. Yeah. No, she's a <laughs> child. She's a small child. I mean, 16. this was like ye olden days when you would get hitched when you were like mm-hmm. over 16. Well, in the age 16 um, is some, is one of the things that they pull from the Hans Christian Andersen story. Uh, okay. Story okay. book. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just, yeah, I remember thinking, yeah, just being a mermaid. Sure. Sounds great. Looks awesome. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. Uh, Prince Eric, just thinking Prince Eric was very, very attractive. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, uh, even at that time, I knew who that voice actor was, even being like 10 or whatever, uh, 11. And I was like, yeah, I know. And we've learned that I did not know yes. who the voice actor was until this very afternoon. Christopher Barnes. Christopher Daniel Barnes. Yep. Um, you listeners may know him as Greg Brady from the Brady Bunch movies. Uh, I also remembered him from the Starman television series based on the movie Starman. Based on the movie Starman with Jeff Bridges. Interesting. Okay. And uh, and, was he like son of Starman? And Marion Ravenwood. Yes, he was okay. son, he was son of Starman, and the Starman in the show was played by uh, Robert Hayes from Airplane. Love it, fame, and um, yeah, he was like son of Starman. He was like a teenager. Um, he also just did a lot of like Disney Channel stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, I just remember I knew his face. Not He's to be confused with um, DJ's boyfriend from Step by Step because he voiced Aladdin. He was Aladdin. Years later. Those two actors probably get that confusion a lot. Probably. Even though they yeah. look nothing alike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they just have that, like, white guy with dark hair. White guy with dark, dark hair with fluffy. a really affable, yeah. non-threatening white guy energy. Yeah. yeah. The fluffy, dark, like, Tom Hanks 80s hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing going on. Um, Prince Eric, though, just had, like, he had that dark hair with blue eyes. Giant. Beautiful, and, like, thick, dark eyebrows, yeah, too. I love yeah, that yeah, in the yeah. man. Yes. And, I mean, obviously, King Triton... Daddy Triton, I have that in my notes. Shirtless, running around, (laughs) nips out. Mm -hmm. We were, uh, during watching the the movie, we're speculating about the the Daddy Triton fan art that (laughs) I'm sure exists. Somewhere on DeviantArt. I was just about I mean, to say, just, just don't put, journal. Just put, just like animate a harness on Triton and he's good to go to Delph. This now, Saturday. Now, do you? An- I guess you can't animate a bulge because that's the imagine <laughs> that he could like pull the fins. Not on the fish. Sorry, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I've, I've gone too far deep in. I'm going to pull back a little not bit. On the, not on the fish. Eric was wearing very interesting kind of like riding pants. I don't know what was mm-hmm. going on with, with Eric's pants. They're almost like almost like David Bowie and Labyrinth kind oh, of yeah. like that mm-hmm. riding pant. Um, well, they have to fit into the giant boots. The giant boot. Yeah, exactly. When I was a kid, I always liked his shipwreck look of when he washes up on the beach with Ariel. Yeah, the mm-hmm. white shirt. Yep. <laughs> so, okay. Well, um, what were your memories of first yeah. seeing this movie? We should probably so, round that corner first. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about that because I, I don't – I'm trying to remember if I saw it in the theaters or if I saw it at home because I was four years old. Like I remember we're, seeing – We're roughly the same age. Yeah. Too. So like yep. I – I mean, I remember 
Like if you had asked me what year it came out and I like just to guess, I probably would have guessed 93 because I feel like all my memories about it, right. I feel like we're in elementary school, but I guess not either that or it just stood the test of time. But I mean, it just goes to show how huge this movie was. Yeah. yeah. At home it, video. It did feel too, yeah. new even in 91, 92, and 93 I, I just rem- because of home video. Yeah. I remember my dad really liking Under the Sea and being like, it's a very good song. Um, <laughs> He's right. I remember <laughs> that... You know, when you're little girls and you're all trying to like pretend to be Ariel, that it wasn't, we didn't, you know, and you were, you were trying to, to sing and you were just trying to sing and get, you know, attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't singing part of your world. We were all, um, we were all singing the, uh, the, yes. the yeah, that, yeah. that was yeah. a song yeah. that we all, that like, I, I feel like that song, that might even have been sung at some weird like elementary kindergarten Ariel doing recital. like scales. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like Ariel's version of doing, doing, doing runs. Yeah. Yeah. so my sister has recently told me and i think that she's mentioned this before when i texted her that we were doing this movie she immediately called me and was like okay you were you could not you probably don't remember this because you were maybe like four years old when we saw this that she remembers us going to this movie with our mom and when we were leaving the Judith Theater in Lewistown, me just being like enamored with it, of just that she said, you were just like you. She said, "I told my mom somebody made that movie. Oh like, my god! Somebody, oh somebody my god! Drew and made that movie. Like just the magic of animation. Somebody like created it. And my sister I says that she that. always remembers me saying that, and her being like, "Oh my god! Like that's one of those one of those like." oddly wise things that sh- that that parents always say that their ch- children say on facebook but they don't actually don't like but your you kid, actually your said kid it. didn't say that <laughs> be quiet robin your kid didn't say that but yeah but four-year-old me that could barely form sentences you just like it yeah. like change it like something switched in your brain mm-hmm. and you were just in a trance i love i yeah. love that you had that someone can tell you i'm actually was thinking about that today i was driving over I was like i should have called or text one of my parents and ask them because once I realized what year it came out, mm-hmm. it's like I should have asked them like if they have any memories about it, about how I, what I thought of it. So I I saw it with my sister in the movie theater and I remember really really enjoying it, and I remember my sister just kind of being like, it was fine, it was fine. But I think her thing was that she just kind of thought that Ariel was a spoiled brat. Okay, I get that. And I think it sure. wasn't until Beauty and the Beast came out that she was like Team Bell all the way. Because Team Bell like read books and didn't eat no man and all that. On, I think as I watched it as an older, like I always loved, like this was, if you'd mm-hmm. ask me like what is your, if you ask me like what's your favorite Disney movie, yeah. like like certainly like all like the Disney classics, I mm-hmm. would always say Little Mermaid, number one with the bullet. Yeah. Um, But I, I definitely feel like... I. I had a similar feelings about Ariel when I, if I like when I rewatched one of like the many times I rewatched yeah. it as I've grown older. Um, though now I have some new takes on it a little bit as <laughs> now about how Ariel's, which we'll get into. But yeah, I, that's not how old was your sister when you went to see it? I mean, if I was ten, she was thirteen. Okay, junior higher. Yeah, and yeah. she probably was also like right at that age where she's like preteen, so she's like. I'm a little too cool for this. Yeah. Like a yeah. source of pride to like not be into yeah. a Disney animated Cartoons, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a thing. And it was really the first one in a while that felt so much like the old fashioned mm-hmm. fairy tales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before this, we had Oliver and Company, which we didn't even see in the theater. 
we were both like, I think I miss me with that one. We didn't care. I yeah, I also I didn't really grow up on Oliver and Company, too. Oliver and Company, like, the music was like, oh, Billy Joel. Billy Joel. <laughs> wow, you know great. what kids yeah, love kids is love Billy, Uptown the, Girl. The, the, the piano, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. you could also say that about what kids love Phil Collins. And, right? and, and now that's like a whole subsection of TikTok. It's just people how hard he ta- went. talking about how hard it is. <laughs> he, it's, like, he really, it's literally its really own that hard. subcategory yeah. just in TikTok. But that's the thing, though. The Phil Collins went hard on those Tarzan songs. And Oliver and Company songs just kind of sound like, I'm like Billy Joel. And I'm about I'm like New York Joel. City. Yeah. You know? And it was like, <laughs> okay, I guess. So, And the thing was... At that time, I was a at ten year old me, huge Bette Midler fan. You know? <laughs> of course, you were. <laughs> she's the poodle in that movie, you know, and yep. she's the poodle in that, and that even didn't bring me in to Oliver and Company. Like my sister and I just kind of looked at each other and we were like, "Eh." We actually had just gone to Walt Disney World for the first time. Do you remember and seeing Oliver and Company stuff when you were there? I remember seeing maquettes of Ariel and looking at Amy oh, wow. and going, "What is this mermaid movie?" <laughs> That's gonna be. That's so cool, right? And then seeing Oliver and Company stuff, and just being like, I don't know, the songs are weird. We don't care, so we didn't see it. Then before that was, um, Rescuers Down Under. Well, Rescuers Down Under was animated at the same time mm-hmm. as uh, The Little Mermaid. Rescuers Down Under actually came out in 1990. Ah, okay. Yep. Well, but we released pretty much back to back. Yeah. Well, apparently the trailer said that this was the 28th full-length Disney movie. And wow. I was like, and I was thinking, and when wow. they said that, I went, I knew there were ones before and I knew this started a new but 27 trend. But 27 of them? But 27, I was like trying to do math. I'm like, I'm not even going to begin to get, no, to get that can't. number. <laughs> and there's also weird ones like, you know, Melody Time and like all the crazy like Donald Duck through Caballero. Sleepy Hollow ones, and, like, and The Winds in the Willow is technically those, but are those one of them. Count. But are those full length? I think I, always, I think I always viewed them as like shorts. They, they're, they're a bunch of shorts stitched together. So I think that was sort of (laughs) um, it saved the money. Well, especially for the wind in the willows and Sleepy Hollow, which that was a time that they really had to downsize animation because they were underperforming a little bit. Uh So they just sort of had to make these condensed animated movies. But you know, coming out of the seventies, yeah, I mean, it was a very dark time going into and just the company of Walt Disney in general. Yeah, like it was almost sold off and like sectioned off. Yeah. Animated movies had just really underperformed all throughout the yes. 70s and the 80s. Yes. Uh, I know that we, as a family, we really liked Robin Hood. Um, See our Robin Hood episode. Uh, <laughs> my sister really uh, my sister really has uh, an affection for The First Rescuers because that was the first movie that my parents took my sister to in the theater. And she was like... Two years old. I love that. And my I love the rest like, of There, we had no business taking you to the movies. You were way too little. <laughs> you were a baby. But you know, it was the first movie she had seen in the theater as a, a as a human, human person. person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so like, yeah, coming out of the seventies, going into the eighties, it was like Fox and the Hound. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't. And I, also, I'm the really black- like, I really something that I've seen. I had this old like. um book of like disney it was like it was like this it was like a, a storybook of like all these stories right. with the disney animation i remember as a kid being like i don't know any of these and like to yeah. this day i think my only re- like n- picturing that animation in my head of like wind of the willows yeah. or um sleepy hollow are just from that book i 
I realize I've seen almost none of these. Yeah. <laughs> like Sleeping Beauty, Cinder- like Cinderella, Snow White, and yeah. then, and I'm, I know I've seen Rescuers and Aristocrat, yeah. Aristocats, but. Pinocchio. Oh, Pinocchio. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, um, we we were also the first kind of generation of kids to have a VCR yeah. in the house, mm-hmm. right? You would have and had to have wait until a re-release of them to yes. see them prior to home video. You know, uh, Allison, we were talking earlier about working at Blockbuster. <laughs> yes. We both put in our time at Blockbuster. Yes. And so you remember the whole, like, Disney MOR, like, the moratorium thing. Put well, that, put that like- shit back in the vault. I, I remember less so from working from Blockbusters, but more from the TV ads, like yeah. being released from the vault. And they're yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. Um, At Blockbuster, they had a code. It was MOR. And it was moratorium. Because Disney would be like, there would be the re-release, put them all out, and then they would fucking yank that shit. <laughs> and and that would, was just for sale, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I think even from like video stores. I, I mean, you couldn't that. just have a store copy that you'd rent I out. Think you could rent, yeah. I think you could rent out. It was specifically the for sale yeah. that they, um, that they and, pulled them. Yeah. yeah. Which they, and that was the, the whole thing about the Disney vault that was still in play up until oh, yeah. like less than 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. oh I want to say that, um, I got some of our Blu-rays on the last re-release of all of them that mm. they were starting to re-release Blu-rays that they had already done before. Like, I have two yeah. Blu-rays of um, The Lion King and Sleeping Beauty. And yeah. that all came crashing down when digital streaming came on and the scene. And there's like, well, let's yeah. just lean into it. I mean, but, I mean, bravo that you could... I, yeah. mean, that, I mean, that is some big dick energy. Yeah. <laughs> that you're like, up until into the 2000s, no, you're like, you're nope, we're not going to release these. <laughs> we decide when you can buy stuff yeah. from us. Like, yeah. Well, and also, like, uh, that I think that they did this with Pinocchio in the 80s, that they did the re-release of Pinocchio, made money, and then put it on video, and then made made money. A theatrical re-release, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I had so many of the Disney movies in those old clamshells. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Love my it. mother gave them away, and uh. I was so pissed at her. <laughs> I'm more pissed now as an adult when I was like, oh, yeah, those could go for... A lot of money but i was just mad because i'm like you don't she's like well you don't you're in a you're a teenager you don't watch i'm like you don't know me <laughs> i mean just you don't to, know my life lori lady Allison, just go to amoeba and you but, can pick them up but i shouldn't have to they were mine well, you already had <laughs> i already had them and i was for like 40 dollars for them i also don't have the space for yeah so, you know, okay. at the time, like, the Disney classics were there. There was mm-hmm. the 40s and the 50s and the, you know, the fairy tale movies. But coming out of the 70s and into the 80s, they weren't these fairy tale classics. They were, you know, things like Robin Hood and things like, you know, mm-hmm. The Rescuers was a book and 101 Dalmatians was a book. But they weren't these Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. Or trying to take chances on the Black Cauldron series by Lloyd Alexander and yeah. that massively underperformed And they were also yeah. just Disney. like yep. dipping their toe into like the original song stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So, which leads us into The Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, The Little Mermaid, come, you know, being kind of their first fairy tale movie. Since Sleeping Beauty, pretty much. Was Sleeping Beauty the last one? Was it? Was it Snow I White? I think so. Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. I don't know the order. 
Um, yeah, be- just because like after that, there were like Alice in Wonderland isn't really like a. Fi- it's like more a little bit more in the modern. Well, and era. also Alice in Wonderland is before Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty came out in like fifty eight. Right. I have. I'm realizing mm-hmm. I have zero idea of the timeline yeah. of those. So, but yeah, and then after that, like all in the in the sixties, like I was saying, you know, going into Jungle Book. 101 Dalmatians, things like that. Um, I guess Robin Hood kind of is a fairy tale, but not really. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? Um, So, yeah, going back to those old fairy tale properties, it had been the first one in, like, Mm -hmm. 30 years or something. Um, And then, again, doing this thing with the the original music and kind of treating – this movie as a stage production. Yeah, that right. was. I mean, that that's been confirmed that they literally yeah. approached it as and uh, the broke it out in terms of the music, the, the yeah. pacing, the plot. Yeah, uh, it was all a brute, uh, Broadway musical, and that set the stage for the next. Yeah, I, I think every other Disney movie they've done since. You can almost kind of break it down into a formula, you mm-hmm. know, starting with this movie and going into Beauty and the Beast and you know Aladdin and all that was big opening number. You know, then the what did, what did you call it? Like the, uh, the, the wish the, song. It's, it's called an I want song. I want song. Um, and yeah. so uh, for Belle, it's um, part of your world. For, no, for Belle, I was like, oh, for, for Belle, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Provincial town, yeah, provincial town. Like, damn, it's gonna drive me. Yeah, part of yeah. our part of your world. Um, God, I had like a list of five. Well, in and my also, head. the "I Want" song in this movie is pretty much repurposed from Little Shop of Horrors, too. Well, we have to talk about so Howard we Ashman. Have to talk about, let's talk a little bit about well, Howard Ashman. That Howard Ashman, I believe, came at the recommendation of David Geffen yes. when they were developing this movie. Of, I know this great guy that is a very talented. Uh, offstage and Broadway lyricist Mm -hmm. and you should work with him on this movie. So David Geffen uh, recommended Howard and Alan for this movie. So we also have to talk about the fact that in the 80s because the Disney animated features were not the powerhouse you know properties that we know them today Disney kind of did something that they had never done, which was branch out to movie studio executives Mm -hmm. that ran big, theatrical, big companies that ran theatrical companies to bring them in and say pretty much, Hey, save Disney. And what, what do you think? Michael Michael Eisner, Eisner. the CEO, I believe was from Paramount. Paramount. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They had also just opened, like I think in like the early mid eighties, the like Disney stock prices were like not mm-hmm. doing great because it was few years after Walt Disney World had opened yep. and it obviously cost a ton of money and it hadn't rendered as much profit as they were expecting it to. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the early days of Walt Disney World in Florida, it was not like <laughs> it was not how it is now. Um, and they were also so- even developing stuff like Disney Disney Tokyo, which Disneyland mm-hmm. like they sourced that out to another company. Yeah. Too. So they didn't even develop their own park in Japan yes. at that time. So Jeffrey Katzenberg comes in. He's a big hotshot Hollywood executive. Doesn't know a damn thing about making animated features. and But luckily, he's friends with David Geffen mm-hmm. from the Geffen Company, Geffen Records, all of that and stuff. And David Geffen puts a lot of cash behind Broadway, Broadway plays, yeah. too. And he got recommended uh, Howard Ashman, who had just come off of a success with the Little Shop of Horrors mm-hmm. uh, Broadway show. 
You know, the thing about Howard Ashman being, you know, becoming this Disney kind of like legend, which mm-hmm. he he is now yeah. at this point, is that he is an openly gay Jewish man from Baltimore mm-hmm. who came who came from the theater and his big hit is this subversive weird show Camp- about campy campy show mm-hmm. about man-eating plants yeah, yeah. it's a man-eating plant that's like that's that's definitely like a drag character there's a yeah. number about a man who's just like i love inflicting pain yeah do 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 yeah and they're um, like hey disney use him and they were like sure let's yeah. do it mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know how it didn't like take some crazy convincing katzenberg was just like you know, I think Katzenberg it was a Hail saw, Mary pass. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. This was the thing. Like my eyes are coming, and they're like, "Hey, you got to figure out how to way yes. to do this and do this and and be profitable and and like not with a ton, not a ton of overhead." Yeah, it's a great honestly. I, but yeah, you know, you're right. I think Howard probably came cheap, mm-hmm. right? He probably was cheap because even the Little Shop of Horrors was huge. He was. He's not Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm-mm. You know what I mean. Yeah. He's just like this young and, kid. And also, Howard had was coming off of a flop Broadway yes. musical with Jody Benson that right. he probably just right. needed work yeah. too. Well, I think they wanted just like fresh blood. In yeah. fact, I think yeah. I remember thinking that they were, you know, they were these young kind of hip subversive subversive artists, mm-hmm. and they were hesitant to work with Disney because they oh, seemed like right. this conservative yeah. company. Totally. Yeah. I would be if you know if I was in that position to be like what why do you want us like what there's got to be a catch somewhere yeah but you know I don't know Katzenberg just saw like yeah maybe he just saw dollar signs <laughs> like he obviously went to the movie Little Shop of Horrors and he saw something is working about this movie and what works here can translate to what we're doing yeah yeah mm-hmm. so um, so I mean Howard came in. Howard Ashman comes in, brings with him uh, Alan, Alan Menken, Alan Menken yep. as a composer. Still a staple of Disney as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many Oscars does Alan Menken have? I mean, he <laughs> he won one for this, for uh, Aladdin, Pocahontas. Yeah. I mean, he should have won for Tangled, uh, but that didn't quite happen. Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, so we brought – so, you know, we have these two – you know, these two guys in who, I mean, kind of changed the course of everything as yeah. far as like how these musicals, you know, move are done forward. to this day. Yeah. Essentially, the yeah. only thing for me is I feel like Beating the Beast and Aladdin have these big, fun opening numbers. And I feel like Little Mermaid's opening number is a little. Well, they're big. They're big fun. You're right. Their big fun number is. Is later in Under yeah, the Sea. Yes, I mean, but they all the other ones have that. You know, like Beauty and the Beast has Be Our Guest, and and Aladdin has Friend Like Me, and that's that. Well, one maybe they just learn. I mean, they 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 yeah. kept in, they kept improving. The, it's like a recipe you make. You always yeah. like it, you keep improving it over time. And because this it. one starts a little bit more quiet, I uh, think that yeah, it, fathoms below. Well, it's a song. It's a it's, bunch of dudes going. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just like it's, it's, not, it's, a, it's a shanty. It's a shanty. Exactly. But shanty. you know, Beauty and the Beast starts off. Like, I mean, get out of here. That song, like, there goes the bigger with the straight like always. Like, that song is huge. I mean, but it also leads in. I mean, it's you good. could say that maybe that they, I mean, because that, that really is more traditionally like a Broadway number yes. that starts that. I mean, yeah. So you, you could, again, this is complete speculation, but, you know, maybe they weren't quite ready to have it be a 
cut and dry like that literal so this was like and then they saw oh well this is the stuff that worked in little mermaids let's just go all in for this later stuff yeah yeah that's true that's true but i mean beauty the beast also starts in kind of a bummer note so there's this guy he kind of (laughs) sucked but he but he ought to didn't know any better and then um and then he was really shitty to to just just the wrong bitch (laughs) and now he's a grotesque monster in this castle and who will ever learn to love the beast (laughs) <laughs> he effed around and found out <laughs> yes literally <laughs> thank you exactly i think the little mermaid does a really great job in those opening scenes at world building that you're starting oh, on the yeah. outside yeah. what sort of uh what ariel is trying to like be a part of and then we dive literally under the other, ocean there's this that whole, there's other, a whole world other world that no one yeah. knows about i think yeah. it's i think it's super successful oh for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah I remember, um, you know, we had Disney Channel off and on growing up. (laughs) Didn't always have it. When there was a deal on the cable package. Because, (laughs) yes, because all those years, all our early years, Disney was premium. Like, it's basic cable now, Mm -hmm. but it was premium cable back then. You had to pay, like, HBO and Showtime and all that for Disney. So we'd get it off and on. And I remember every now and then they'd be like little behind the scenes, little making of stuff. And when they would talk about the bubbles that they would that they animated for mm-hmm. this movie, hand drawing like all these just being like, what the hell? I was thinking about the bubbles just watching it because t- I, I've seen Little Mermaid dozens of times. Oh, yeah, but, I, but I was trying to think in leading up to this episode, I was trying to think was the last time I watched it. And I. I even turned to Billy and, you know, he didn't have been together for 11 years. And I was like, we've watched Little Mermaid together, right? And he's like, yes. Just assume that we've seen all of the things together yeah. at this point. But I'm like, I probably, I feel like it probably was like early on a relationship. I maybe haven't seen it in almost a decade. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. What is time? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, I was thinking, I was noticing the bubbles just now we're watching. Mm-hmm. I was like, what a pain. In the, it, like, it looks cool, but what attention to detail. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Because you just can't have them swimming around without them. Oh yeah, you need it, some it really sort of sells, You need some sort of a dimension with it. It sells the yep. underwater stuff really well. I, I was also pre- in the same vein. I was also really appreciating or realizing that I'd always found the foley work in this movie very satisfying yeah. to listen to, mm-hmm. but I never really thought about it. But you hear like the little click click of like like the mm-hmm. of of Sebastian's. His little like claws, or little whatever. claws, yeah. whatever. Um, like, the, and they, you even hear if you listen to, like the dialogue subject. Like, there's you hear little bits of like the, the subtle notes of water yeah. that they put into, yeah, like kind the of sound. moving around, be, around them, but like yeah. ne- never too much and never too little. Yeah, and I'm this, I was just in awe of it. Yeah, but it, this whole movie is kind of like. A lot. There's a lot of ASMR stuff going Definitely. on. It could also have been our Samsung soundbar. Ooh, <laughs> we do really have a nice TV and a soundbar. You do have a very well. I mean, you guys are pro- you guys take your TV and movie watching very seriously. Yes, Even if you didn't do a podcast, <laughs> I would expect nothing less of you. But, too. No, but yeah, you're right. All that stuff kind of speaks to everything that they put into this movie and how you know all these years later it looks. You know, it's the color palette. Yeah, is and just yeah, and it's, it it's hand drawn. You know, yeah. it's a hand drawn movie, which we don't see a lot of anymore. Um, but but even in the um, maybe I'm I'm dead wrong. Please, if so, please tell me. But mm-hmm. I feel like these earlier hand drawn movies, the I can't remember. Certainly not before Little Mermaid. The the color palette they use like different themes yeah. and having it change so drastically and like yeah. uh, the the way like light reflects off skin. Um, 
you know, at the end, um, towards the end of the movie where like the sky is purple and then and then it kind of tints everything around. Yes, it, it sort of yeah. these cooler, mm-hmm. blue It affects tones. the water. And yep. I was like, I don't know if a lot of if a lot of the hand drawn animation or classic animation movies did that as much as Little Mermaid. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's, this is the cheesiest thing ever, but it's a feast for the eyes. <laughs> no, <laughs> Legitimately. Really the, the character's <laughs> design that I noticed in this viewing of Ariel was certain scenes she'll be very cartoonish and then yes. certain scenes they're really dipping into the realism. It's like Like a- where she's lying with Eric on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's a little more to scale. S- sometimes they look, and sometimes yeah. depending on the angle, it looks like, are completely different. Like, they're not as consistent. But yes, the detail, yeah. it kind of makes me think of like, this is what ultimately led to Ren and Stimpy, where it's like, <laughs> where it's the animation that you zoom in and it's just like, <laughs> bio- the hyper, biological. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hyper close up, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, Disney does a thing where they have, uh, I forgot what they what they're called like lead animators Mm -hmm. where like one person, like somebody doesn't come in and just draw an entire scene. Yeah, Somebody comes in and just draws Ariel, just draws Flounder, just draws, you know, the lead, the lead animator for Ursula was this person. So, and so, so it's very interesting that they do that kind of thing where it's like, I'm going to handle all of this one character, but even so you're right. There's sometimes when it looks maybe a little off model, which you don't usually see in feature length animation, graphic novels and comic books, honestly, (laughs) where someone turns an angle and you're like, Oh, maybe they were, (laughs) They were or, not focusing on this person as much. Or animated shows that are, you know, for television that they'll have to do five a week. You mm-hmm. know, you know, you're like, like you said, Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. Unless like there's, unless those animated styles are like a very base specific yeah. look. But if you're trying to go for any type of realism in how this character looks, yeah. then, then that's when you, the consistency sometimes. Yeah. But there's something nice about it. There's what yeah. I always found very interesting about all the under the sea underwater stuff in this movie is how dark it is yeah because it's it not is, too I colorful mean, it's very dark yep. underwater and they were they went for this very specific the bottom kind of, of the realism. ocean floor yeah yeah and then when you watch something like nemo you know, it's very bright and colorful and the sun shining through and the, the, the colors the are leaf. a little muted when yeah. they're uh in the water but yeah. you you also notice that a lot of the fish mm-hmm. are also like maybe that's also so that we can make as I was thinking, like an under the sea, like these fish are so colorful, <laughs> yeah. and they're so yeah. so. I mean, that also might be a design choice for, especially like those big numbers, because they want those colors to pop. Yeah, a lot exactly. More. Yeah, yeah. I I do love the amount of different kind of like sea life in under the sea. It's very cool. A lot, a lot of um sea related wordplay. There, there was some really impressive rhyming. Howard, like I'd be so yeah. fucking pleased with myself mm-hmm. if I wrote something that rhymed with crustacean. I'd yeah. be like, that's it. Okay, I'm going to stop here for the day. You know, and again, that's like, to bring it back to Howard, that's like so, that's why he Mm -hmm. was able to do what he did. Like, that's why all those Oscars came, you know, because like, he's this lyricist that was able to write these songs that are so clever. Mm -hmm. Even part of your world that you just think, that's part of your world. It's just like a fun little, you know, not fun, but I mean, it's like, it's kind of a love song. It's inspirational. But when you listen to it, the lyrics are so beautiful, so clever. That's the the Disney formula. That's also, you know, I'm, I'm realizing this just now as you're saying it, like that's the, that's become like the standard for really good for like what makes like a good children's film and what makes the ones that are classic is you get something for the adults and something for the kids. So it's something that can appeal and it's hooky. Yeah. But then you have enough wit and, and, um, 
and cleverness and and maybe underlying themes or sometimes yeah. even or sometimes just a straight a good a good old fashioned double entendre. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what makes these movies stand the test the yeah, test of time. And totally. that's now become the thing that like Disney has like I think all children movies try to do this, but Disney does it has got it down yeah. really mm-hmm. well. So uh in Little Shop of Horrors, the um what is it? The I Want song? Um, it's um, song? Uh, somewhere that's – well, there's we'll, – No, but, but what did I say? It's not the I Wish. It's, it's a, I Want I Song. Want, I Want I Song. Want so song. the yep. I Want Song, one of the I Want songs in Little Shop Somewhere that's green. Somewhere that's green. Sung by Ellen Green. Ellen Green. So uh, good. Ellen Green. If she you always, have not she seen, always breaks my heart in that movie. If you have uh, not seen Little Shop of Horrors, come on, you guys. Go find it. Rent it. Please. Come over, we'll rent watch, it, and then we'll watch, watch our, our episode. Episode. This just so you guys, we're gonna do a little mermaid later. This has just become the little shop of horrors. I mean, which honestly, and I mean, I I love you know Skid Row. I think that song's beautiful. You know, suddenly Seymour suddenly is so is so beautiful too. If you think about it, if you're talking about like big opening numbers, mm-hmm. Skid Skid Row's also kind of subtle. If you're thinking about like Fathoms, like true, it's yeah, yeah. pretty, yeah. But it becomes this like triumphant like, yeah. song. But somewhere that's green is her "I Want" song, and she's thinking about you know she wants to get out. They live in Skid Row. They're poor. She's got an abusive boyfriend. All of that, and she wants to get out and and live in a house like and you know better homes and gardens and just have that fifties white picket fence life. And the refrain is "Somewhere that's green," mm-hmm. and in. Uh, the Little Mermaid, part of your world, there's a little bit of the hook that sounds kind of mm-hmm. similar. And also, I kind of hmm. think now, when listening to both of those songs back to back, that written by a gay man, like, yeah. isn't it just very part of your world, somewhere that's green, yeah. just sort of this gay man wanting to be accepted oh, yeah, by society, absolutely. too? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the, the there's a, I read this really great article from smithsonianmag.com mm. <laughs> mm, um, that talked about just like... Little Mermaid's even more subversive than you realize. And I knew as an adult, the Ursula, the mm-hmm. dragon, and the inspiration with Divine, but all the other th- – and then, of course, once I, like, read some of it, I was like, oh, some of this I noticed. And some of it's like, how did I not notice this? Like, <laughs> she's literally in the closet slash cavern. Like, mm-hmm. um, But the interesting thing to go back to is, like, I Want Songs, which is very interesting, is, like, there's not – you tend to try to have them early on, mm-hmm. but you can make – as long as they're in the first act, it's fine. Like, yeah. a good example is – um uh, Wizard and I from Wicked. Oh, okay. that's like that's like like halfway through the first act. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Set, you know, I mean, you, I guess one could argue that maybe there are other I want to, but that's a straight like this is a person talking about what they dream could be. Yeah, I mean, we gotta talk. Uh, about, we gotta talk about Ursula. Such a fun. <laughs> ca- There's a reason why, as an adult, like I mostly just sing along to Poor Unfortunate Souls because it's so fun. I mean, do you remember where you were when you like found out that it that it was kind of based on divine i think i was in college when i when i first figured that out yeah i think it was like early years of college yeah and i didn't really i didn't watch the a lot of the john waters classics until like 10 years ago too yeah yeah i mean it's one of those things where it's like i knew who divine was but yeah i don't think that i had sat down to watch you know pink flamingos for you know it's really interesting that when you look at the concept art for ursula all of the all of the all of the references and uh, concept art that they went through before they settled on... Oh, yeah. The octopus. The octopus. Or yeah. I guess that Pat Carroll says that she's technically a squid. 
But so was she not even anything because, with tentacles? Because in she doesn't have no, eight. She's not. She was an angelfish at one point. A lion. Yep. She was a lionfish. Interesting. At one point, she was skinny. She was fat. Yeah. They went to skinny, and then they settled on the the bigger the bigger lady is kind of the funner character to animate. Well, yeah. and it, and also there's a the tried and true trope, like like Disney animation movies in general of making of like fat people be automatically being the villain. True. True. So. How much credence do we put behind B. Arthur getting hired? We've and heard that quitting. that she oh, yes, did that's right. that she did that. Um, she did some vocals, yeah, and they did a little bit with it with her, but she okay. just decided so to exit. Here's, here's my take. Oh, on Oh, not this. just I'd always heard it or I remembered it as being like they were just like eh, it's nothing. It's not it, on paper. It seems like it should work. I think but they it got her in the studio quite. for a little bit. Yeah, and it just it. did. And it yep. didn't. Here's my work. here's my take. Okay, here's my take. When you watch. A lot of the documentaries, Howard is very hands-on mm-hmm. to the point of this is how you should say the line. Yeah. yeah, this is how you should sing it. Sing it like this, and when you actually can listen to demos of Howard singing "Under the Sea," I think I've I'm heard part this of on your world. like YouTube, and yeah. it, it sounds exactly like, like the, the inflections are all the same. All and the yes, same. yes, and I think maybe B. Arthur was a little bit like, I know how to sing this. Yeah. So do you want me to sing I've it? I've been in this business yeah. for sounds like I yours. was in the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe Elaine Stritch would have gone along with the with the with the line readings, but I think B was like Is this is this a version of Elaine kid. Stritch where yeah. she was where she was open to anyone's bullshit cuz all the stories I hear of Elaine Stritch do not match that. Okay. Theory. <laughs> do you think she would have been she would have had the same attitude? Well, the, like again, stop stop giving me line. You want me or do you want To be fair, most of my yeah. stories I've heard about Elaine Stritch are like the last twenty years of her life, so maybe true, she was true. more. Maybe she was more of a team this player. Was Thirty years she ago, was, we don't know. she was almost Dorothy <laughs> on the Golden Girls. I yeah, yep. yeah. It, but you know, be Arthur. You can picture it. Yeah. You be like, oh, okay, that makes sense, and you think about it, and you go, that would have been in. Enti- and to be fair, ninety percent of my knowledge of mm-hmm. be Arthur is from Golden yeah, Girls. Yeah, yeah, same. It would have been an entirely different performance. It would have been I entirely so. different character. Yeah. It might have worked in a different way, but it wouldn't have been. I, yeah, I think Pat Carroll did just such a. I mean, come yeah. on, it gets just. Iconic. I like she's like and she's I like those leaning into every. Yeah. And I like those second. those interviews that Pat gives where she talks about um, where she talks about being directed and like oh you you should say it this way of Howard like like telling her and her just being like oh, okay all right I got it. <laughs> and just her being very game with the direction, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, in general, if you're a voice actor, like, there's a lot. Like, do it the way the, pe- the person. You're, like, you're not no, you don't know how it's gonna look right. visually. Yeah, like, yeah. Go, go with it. Yeah, yeah, voice, a, yeah, voice, differently than you would if it was something you were being filmed right. on or on a stage. Yeah. Voiceover is very different than yeah. Um, but uh, we, we talked a little bit about pop. Versions of songs, Scott. You mentioned there's a Jonas Brother. Like there's a Jonas Brother cover. Of this. <laughs> yeah, you asked me. Yep. Like after that, everybody goes. Have yep. you heard the Jonas Brothers version? I got no, and I think I'm good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Nothing against. Listen, you should, it's pretty you, ridiculous. Check it out. It's cute. There's a couple Jonas Brothers songs that I like. That yeah. sucker song. I had that. Sucker on, is so good. I, it sucker is a very very good song. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a it is a textbook earworm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm. 
yeah. I think I'm real good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that was on kind of like a kids' bop version of like we're gonna think, have like I think that it was just Disney sort of, kids stars. I think it was pop covers. Yeah, of the pop, classics. Yeah, yeah. And there's like stars. we got. They were just like I gotta just fill up this track listing. Come totally, on. totally. But you know, like we were talking a little bit about the pop versions of songs from Disney animated movies, which kind of became a staple mm-hmm. after this. You know, mm-hmm. like we were saying, this kind of set the groundwork for the stage production style and all of that, but certain things they kind of perfected as mm-hmm. they moved forward. Yeah. This movie almost being like a little bit of an experiment with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you also think too, like you think about the source material and it's like, it's dark as hell. Oh, it's it a, it's and a, so, it's a fucking downer. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> yep. But like, you kind of like, what did you, they knew they were going to change it, yeah. and they'd never really done anything like that where they changed it so drastically mm-hmm. from the source material, unless, unless I'm wrong. I mean, maybe Sleepy Hollow a little-ish. No, but, so, I mean, Sleepy Hollow's pretty – that's pretty close to the source like, material. Who who at Disney – maybe it was Eisner who, who said, we're going to buy this and we're going to make this into – like, right. what – Well, I think what did, this What was, did you see? Besides well, the fact that was, mermaids might be, like, having a moment. Yeah. What did you see? What, well, what did you this was pitched on? by – one of the directors, I think that it was uh, Ron Clements, that yes. Ron Clements had – they just had these brainstorming ideas of what do you got? And one of them was a futuristic take on Treasure Island. Ooh, what? That'll never work. Which they decided to – we're going to – we're not going to do this idea right now because that. that sounds a little yeah. crazy. And they took the Little Mermaid idea. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's, let's backtrack a little bit because – my uh, mother got my sister and I a Grimm's fairy tale book, very mm-hmm. much like the big Barnes and Noble, the big bounce tones, yeah. you know. But this was the eighties, so it wasn't that. But it was a big Grimm's fairy tale book, and we always asked her to read Cinderella because when the, the prince shoe filling was coming around to try on every try on that damn shoe and everybody's feet, the stepsisters cut off their heels mm-hmm. and their toes yep. to fit into the shoe. And then when he found out that they lied, he made them put on iron shoes mm-hmm. that were like in the fire, like red hot iron shoes and dance around in red hot iron shoes. Which is actually very and similar to the little roommate Until stuff. they die. Doesn't something happen to their eyes too? Birds, uh, I think birds pick out birds their eyes. Cinderella's and that's kind of, so. and I, I think that's worked into into the woods a little it's bit. Into the woods, yeah. Yep. I just love that before you even said what fairy tale was, you're like the one I always think about. I'm like, is it Cinderella? Cinderella. Is it the shoes filling with blood? Yep, filling with blood. <laughs> but I cut my foot earlier, and now my shoes filling there, with blood. Is there a lot of stuff with feet? Because that was with the original. I I refreshed yeah. my own memory about the Hans Christian Andersen mm-hmm. story and walking, walking on. Glass knives. Well, yeah. it was that. Well, she would be turned into a human. It would feel like a sword was going through her, and she would be able to dance. And she would lose her voice, mm-hmm. but she could dance more beautifully. But every time she took a step, it would feel like she was. Dancing. I'm like, what's it with the with feet? feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Snow White had something pretty brutal at the end of it too. I forget what happens. I think it might happen to to the evil queen or something. It's in the it's in the Shelley Duval one. I mean, snowing on its face is already pretty like, pretty dark. Pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, there's I feel like there's some weird dark stuff going on in Sleeping Beauty too. So yeah, there's things yeah. that Disney always just kind of works around it. They're like, "We'll leave that part out." Little Mermaid's like <laughs> very it, it, it's funny like seeing which stuff like the 6 the age of 16, there were sisters, mm-hmm. which is like a weird little nod. 
Um, there is a wedding ship in the <laughs> a wedding ship. Yeah, it's like there's so like weird. the weird little details are like no, but we got we gotta have a wedding. Yeah. Ship. We got this ship, but doesn't like at the like it, there's not a happy ending at the end of. So that's what I thought too. Doesn't I she thought turn that, into sea bubbles, sea foam at the end so, of it. Okay, let's let's end the because I just read this all like last night. So they when they so um, land of mermaids when they turn sixteen they are allowed to go up to the surface like mm-hmm. one like one day a year and she's like the youngest the of <laughs> yes exactly it's it's a mer- mermaid rum springa it's a mer springa love it. They're on their mermaid walkabout. <laughs> exactly. But they just go they can just go to the sur- surface to see it. Um, she sees all her older sisters go uh, go up and, and hears about the stories. And they only go up like one – they each go up one at a time every mm-hmm. 365 days. Okay. Um, there – she loves – she um, has always been so fascinated because she's heard the stories from her older sisters and it's finally her turn – and uh, similar to the movie, they, she sees this prince on a ship. Mm-hmm. She falls in love with him. She saves him uh, and brings him to like a temple. And so, uh, and she, and so, same thing. He sees like a blurry idea of a woman who's beautiful and mm-hmm. who saves him his life. Um, so the bubbles aspect of it. So mermaids can live for three hundred years. They live up to three hundred years, okay. but when they die, they turn into <laughs> sea foam. And they cease to exist. Like, mm-hmm. there's no... Whereas humans live a lot... There's shorter. no mermaid the body found. <laughs> no, it's... Foam. And they don't... And like, their heaven. spirit doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. And there's no okay. mermaid. But humans, they live much shorter, but their soul lives on eternally okay. in heaven. Okay. So she goes to the sea, which I think is just called the sea, which and I believe she's just called the little mermaid. Like right. there's no name. They made it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this movie does not, the, the book does not pass. the. Vector. She's played by Karen Black in Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater. The, the witch, the witch. Yes. Yep. Um, and she says that you can, uh, become a human. Same thing, but you have to kiss this to be true love. Mm hmm. Or maybe it says you ha- he has to agree to marry you. It might have even been that yeah. specifically. So, blah, yada, yada, yada. I forget the exact specifics. But <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you guys know the general yeah, gist it. of yeah. the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she um, – he ends up falling for – a. He's never he's never actually interested in her. Like he kind of is just always like, oh, she's there and it's nice, and mm-hmm. and they spend some time together. He immediately friend zones her. That's just, again from the from the very in depth Wiki, Wikipedia article I read. Uh, that's basically what it sounded like. So he falls in love with this woman who works at the temple, believing that she's one of the people that the, the woman that saved him. So she's heartbroken. So she's now going, okay, I'm going to turn into sea foam immediately because that was my curse if I can't get him mm-hmm. to marry me, and. Uh, the sea witch comes back up and says, "You can still become a mer- go back to being a mermaid, but you have to like stat- you have to kill him, and then you have to oh my god. drip his okay, blood- I remember that drip his sure. blood on your feet. Yep. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this whole time I remember all- that from the fairy tale also- theater one. Yep. Oh yeah, and the whole time she's become his favorite like performer or like member of the court because she dances for him, ah. and she says even though, and she dances for him uh, like upon request, even though it it feels it, like it, knives. It feels like knives. <laughs> So when they go, you stab her, and she's like, but I love him, and I can't do it. Um, her sisters come up um, to the surface uh, and got a, a, a dagger from the sea, which that they got in exchange for cutting off all their hairs. So you see <sighs> they see this, and this, like, this illustration from the book, and it's like all these mermaids with like these really like blunt page boy cuts. <laughs> <laughs> like a really – like a like, – um, You're one beauty. Edith from um, – from, 
um, the Impossibles, the fashion designer, the tiny. Oh, the Incredibles. Incredibles. Impossibles. Jesus Christ. It's like an Anna Wintour Bob. <laughs> yes, yes, but yeah. like, but, but more like ragged at the end. Oh my god. And anyways, but it's just like five of these mermaids. And they all have the exact same haircut. Yeah. Um, and she can't bring herself to do it, so she mm-hmm. stabs herself and she um to to kill him because she um and she just can't take his life. She stabs herself. She dies, which is I, that's what I thought that she just killed herself because she was heartbroken. But no, she ends up becoming. Oh she, yeah, she ends up becoming some sort of like spirit where like she becomes like um like um like a sea angel kind of can like you, she's. Can you hear her at night like singing? I mean, maybe I don't know. They didn't. They didn't go into that. But basically, if she continue, but she has the opportunity to. If she spends three hundred years, basically, like how much, how long she would live as a mermaid, doing like good, de- continue to be good to others and treating other and and putting goodness into the world, she will be able to rise and have a human spirit and rise to human heaven. Because, so, and they gave her this option because of her selflessness of stabbing herself rather than taking a human life. So now that I've heard, and all this is coming back to me, that I remember the fairy tale theater of this. So that's all coming back to me. But it really kind of puts into perspective of when you're doing a Disney animated movie, mm-hmm. sometimes you do just have to simplify it. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. And just sort of like, what are the bare bones of the story and what are we trying to accomplish? And mm-hmm. I think that The Little Mermaid, the Disney movie has a really good grasp of this is what we need to do this is what we're going to cut and this is we're going where we're going to go with the material and not just the darkness but just like that's what's co- focus on the main theme at hand yeah. which is you know and i mean truthfully like there's it is it's an entirely different story what's driving her is very di- like if again if you go into the all the subtle undertones of like being gay in the 1980s with like yeah. it's it's really an entirely different story they just mm-hmm. it just hits certain beats yeah it's almost like a like here this is an inspiration and then just go off and do your thing yeah it handles tone really well especially with the character of ursula that ursula's dark but it's not too dark mm-hmm. that it is able to have fun with it too well it's like they mm-hmm. hint at the darkness like cuz she puts on this fun Energy. She's like the only powerful she puts female on this fun facade for Ariel. But you see yep. little hints of it with those little like ghouls, which we yeah. learn are like mm-hmm. basically mermaid souls that just live in her garden. So it's it's a lot of like razzle dazzle and don't look at the at the darkness mm-hmm. underneath, which which is fun, but also like makes gives it extra sinister layer to a different mm-hmm. yes. And is it deleted scenes from this movie, or is it those weird direct to video sequels? No, where I they think establish- that I. Sh- think it's deleted scenes of this movie that there were lines cut oh, yeah. that do link Ursula and Triton that they are siblings and that Ursula grew up in the palace. Yeah, because they hinted yep. it in the movie and yeah. say, when I, lived, when in the I palace, lived in the palace, but they don't go into any more specifics. But you're saying that it was their, they were siblings and siblings. she was shunned. I think that mm-hmm. it's it was there in original cut and they just took out the lines. I would... I don't need to have her own. I don't need her to have her own like Cruella, <laughs> Maleficent. Like I'm good. Yeah. But like I would love to have a little short. I or, mean, or a, a, a graphic when you think novel. Think about it. <laughs> Ursula is not like a, a skinny mermaid. She is part octopus. Mm-hmm. She's kind of a bigger gal. Mm-hmm. So she just probably always felt separate from all of the mermaids growing up, and that's kind of her otherness. Interesting. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she's, she's got that cool flat top. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, I I love her hair. I think it's super fierce. <laughs> it also she does have her own like little fun hairography. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even um, 
if you look at poor unfortunate souls, even that's like it's a getting ready for like she's putting on makeup. Like it's yeah. a very it's it's. I didn't realize this it's a drag number. It is a drag number, but it's all. But I like drag. It's ultra feminine. I didn't appreciate yeah. that as a child. Yeah. But I do as an adult. She's got some curves. She has some curves. Body mm-hmm. language. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's, she's I would tip her. Stick with the guts of some weird. Yeah. Some weird. Uh, I would. I would tip this bitch. You, you, you give oh, her a dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd give her a dollar. I'd give her, dollar. <laughs> I'd give her two. I give her five. <laughs> oh, and there is one more thing. We haven't discussed the subject of payment. You can't get something for nothing, you know. But I don't have I'm not asking much. Just a token, really, a trifle. You'll never even miss it. What I want from you is... Your voice. My voice? You've got it, sweet cakes. No more talking... Singing I give her five. Zip. <laughs> so fun. Um, I always, I think it's kind of funny of the contract of that. Like now, I'm just thinking of like, well, you know what? Drag race contracts are just as like are just <laughs> as vigorous for eternity. That, like for eternity. Do you really want to do that? We are giving you a front of the line pass. Iron in this clad. community, ironclad, and uh, Ariel like signs that dotted line. Yeah. Yep. She absolutely does. Well, she's like, what's left for me here? Well, again, if you're going into the, like, this, you know, if you're doing, like, parallels between, like, growing up gay and misunderstood, mm-hmm. it's like, you, how many stories have we heard of, like, a young gay kid who has, like, it was all or, they, they got the sense from their family that it was all or nothing. They got, and so yeah. they just went, you know what, well, I have to just, I have to run away. That's mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting as a kid, you're just like... Yeah, she's 16. She knows what she wants. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, oh, man, 16, you're a child. And I think that's the, what I saw, the, thought, similar like your sister, like when I was older watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in my, like, when I was in my teens or my 20s, I'm just like, oh, my God, this kid's an idiot. Why does she think she knows what she wants? <laughs> she knows nothing. I mean, it was ye olden days that you were pretty much an adult when you were 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, you yeah. you got to get yourself married before those teeth start falling out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, she ends up in a wedding dress at the end of this movie. So I hate that wedding dress. I always <laughs> I, never. That, oh, that puff was sleeve. my that was my other memory. You said like, what did you remember? Like as a kid watching it, I remember loving that sparkly dress. And at the end, I was like, oh, why didn't she just stay in that other dress? This giant sleeves are hideous. I always don't like an aerial meet and greet. I get that for logistics that you can't have aerial oh, yeah. in the mermaid well, costume, but I never liked it. Was the pink dress? Oh, okay. It should be the oh, blue. It should be the blue with, with the black bodice that she's like running around town. Meet and greets where she's like they have her perched on a rock. <laughs> okay, so here I have a question. Um, Prince Eric's palace. It's like on the seashore. It's very Mediterranean looking. Yeah. Great ocean views. He, he he probably lives down the beach from like Meryl Streep and Mamma Mia. I was gonna say, is mm-hmm. he Greek? Is he Italian? Is I it think the it's black Italian. sea? But then there's some like Caribbean flavor in there, so I don't know. No, he's got those eyebrows like that's it's yeah. like some a, Eastern European. At, at, it's like, like a least. melting pot. It's Mediterranean, mm-hmm. Mediterranean. Let's just say because yeah, all the architecture. There's like shingles and the rooftops and all that. I'm like, where's Eric's? Where's Eric's palace? I have, what is he the prince of? I have never tried to figure out where these palaces are in any of these Disney movies because <laughs> I just I don't think I'll ever come up with an answer. It just makes my head hurt. So I just choose to believe that. It exists not in a world that I know. Yeah. Because, I mean, Hans Christian Andersen is out of Denmark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's Danish. I mean, I don't know. Was Hans Christian Andersen gay? 
I think he was. Oh, I don't know. Danny Kay was. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I was like, why am I picturing a redhead head? I was like, oh, because I'm picturing Danny Kay. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me do a Google search. <laughs> Danny yes. Kay was. We watched that in seventh grade, I think. We, uh. We went to Solvang last year, just like on a uh, yes. like, or no, I'm sorry, not last year, too, like when when the world wasn't terrible, yeah, um, just like on a whim, and Billy had never been, and we went to like the Hans Christian Andersen like museum bookstore, mm-hmm. and they have a little thing, it's like Little Mermaid, it's like it's a little thing, and they've got a few like old like manuscripts of it, and then like a very a very like sun faded Little Mermaid Disney poster, uh. <laughs> which oh, speaking of the poster, we can't have to talk about the. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that dick. We talked about it when I won on Keep It Weird a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. my clamshell did not have that. What which is, that I would have been even my clamshell did. What is the consensus then that you came up with for listeners of this show who didn't listen to you? I think Keep that we talked about how the artist made a statement that did that VHS box set that has a tower that looks like a giant dick. That the artist said, I did not mean to do it. Well, what's he going to say? Oh, yeah. That like, was on purpose. It was just, was it just me, sort baby. of happened. So I don't know. I <laughs> It was probably a mistake, but when you look at the castle, it is very phallic. And then when you look at Ris- Rescue is Out Under with those tits that were in the window. <laughs> I just yes. assumed this was a thing that animators just always did. They just but figured. things just can become shot. phallic very easily. I remember taking a design class mm-hmm. in, in college and they... And... Um, there was something we'd do like, oh, you've used certain shapes. And a lot of people, when they were getting assessed by the teacher or like the class would assess it. And there was a lot of, oh, this looks like swastika. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, yeah. So there, it's really hard. If you're trying to have a very <laughs> eye-catching visual shape that's going to go into like geometry, you're like, you might run into some swastika territory. <laughs> the Nazis had a great graphic designer. It's very eye-catching. It's, it's like, iconic. It's easy, <laughs> to, easy to but, identify. Like, it's a very... It's a very, it's a very eye-catching shape, yeah, and there's yeah. a reason why it. Works. Oh my god! So, uh, oh my god. update on Han, Hans Christian Andersen. If he was gay, I guess it is very much in debate oh. of that he possibly was a closeted homosexual. What was the re- because of the also the themes of like wanting to be part of a different world? Or I mean, I think that there's a lot written on uh, like some of journal just- records of his same-sex attraction. Also, Hans Christian Andersen died in 1875. I was going to say, what was this? That is a long time ago. Or, yeah. did, or But what's just like, as nothing, it, he wasn't gay, but like anyone who did anything remotely artistic in the 1800s right. was like, queer, burn him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, so up, up for debate if Hans Christian Andersen was gay. He probably was. <laughs> he wrote a... You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> well... Yeah, and that was out of Denmark. Mm-hmm. So I, I still, I still am holding fast to uh, Prince Eric's palace being somewhere in the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what the time frame is of this movie in particular, but it's all just kind of like a fairy tale world. It exists in its own fairy tale land. <laughs> yeah, don't think too hard about it. Absolutely, because he doesn't have parents. The king and queen of like his palace or nowhere I mean I think it was just one more two more characters that they that didn't, didn't want to have draw. to animate yeah absolutely that's probably no what the has, reason no one has was. parents in Disney movies yeah. we've established this it's like is he is I, he very how young is he is he teenager as well he's probably all, like 20 yeah. like maybe I go. did catch that when he's like what do you say? Would you like to have a tour of my kingdom? And I went, oh, that's a flex. Not, do yeah. I have a tour of the kingdom? It's like, we already know my you're a prince. Yeah. You want to visit my kingdom? 
Okay. Speak, speaking of deceased parents, we did talk a little bit about uh, the the shipwreck from the opening of the movie mm-hmm. that uh, Ariel and Flounder scavenge. Are we talking about the internet fan theories of that <laughs> of that ship that and, it's Anna and, and who's it was par- that it's Anna and Elsa's parents? And what's the theory of that exactly? So the I, ship I, I, Anna, like the Anna and Elsa's parents are That's on it. the way to. Yeah. Um, Mandy Moore's wedding <laughs> from Tangled, yeah. and the ship goes down. Well, I know that they're connected because isn't Mandy Moore's character? Isn't Rapunzel? They show up. They show the up end. at the yeah. end. It's like a little little yeah. Easter egg. Yeah. But the the theory that is there any other like visual cues that like make no. people think that that's the ship? It's just like, no. hey, wouldn't it be cool if also yeah. this because their ships crashed and that is it. there no are there no other movies that have. Reference to a ship crash. Well, the, the the visual cue is that Tarzan's parents look like Anna and Elsa's parents. Oh, I sure. do remember seeing that. Tarzan's yes. father in the like the portrait kind of looks like he could. And be they like, have Tarzan uh, in Africa because I mean, I mean, also this theory is debunked because <laughs> Tarzan's parents, their ship would have gone down off the coast of Africa. Yeah. So there's no yeah. So it's all it's all a mess. This is a bullshit fan theory <laughs> that I'm already seeing holes in. Yeah. The internet is fun, doesn't guys. Hold, it's doesn't not, hold water. <laughs> hold water is that a yeah? Fun? Hey, hey, and his and Elsa's parents are at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they. Did. I think I'm it, casually optimistic it. about this new movie coming out. I yeah. am, except. I do think that the casting of Melissa McCarthy is a little lazy. It's very lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's like, who? okay, we need to have someone who's fun and a big lady. Melissa McCarthy. I'm like, it, that can't be your answer for everything, for everything. And I yeah. also, so I'm not really having the character of Ursula just sort of being underarm pitched of, oh, she's really just super misunderstood and she's really not that bad. Is that what we've heard? I've know. heard very I mean, little I'm about assuming it. that they're going to go in that direction with it. I mean, I, I'm all for villains being three-dimensional. You don't need to necessarily, like, I think there's a difference when it's, like, make them three-dimensional, but maybe you don't have to be like, but everyone's human and flawed, and they made this. That's when you start you start overcorrecting. It's like, well, some people are villains because they're fun to be villains. Mm-hmm. But yes, Melissa McCarthy, we'll I'm, I have nothing against Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. personally. It just seems like this is, this is such a fun character. You can do so much with it. And who knows? I'm... I would love to be proven wrong, but yeah, same. But you, I couldn't. You, you put the words when you were talking about this earlier. You said it feels lazy, and I was like, yes, that's exactly that. I couldn't think of the right word for it, and that's exactly what it is. Which yeah. again, like, I, I shouldn't be surprised. It's Disney. They're going to go with. They already were taking a risky choice, or like doing something different by like having it be a completely different race, and so mm-hmm. they have to like we have to have something else that's just a home, that's just like. <laughs> a safe bet. Yeah, totally, totally. But I mean, I just felt like we need to bring it up because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know. Do there a release date? I don't think there's a release date for it. Yeah. I don't know if they're like going to put a... it. I don't know if they're going to put it early 2022, like in March, or if they're going to wait for the summer. I don't know. Yeah, so they have. They haven't even announced the Aquafina is going to be scuttle. I'm all about that. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's what. That might be fun. I uh, there, I didn't realize until I was much older that Scuttle was Buddy Hackett. Oh, I, I love <laughs> Buddy Hackett's little voice. And you know what's so funny too is like I love growing up. I loved the some of the, two of the first like musical like standard musical movies I ever saw mm-hmm. were well three My Fair Lady, uh, Damn Yankees, and Music Man. And I watched Music Man many times. Is like, he ha- Music Man? 
Yeah, she okay. did Shapoopy, the most nonsensical musical number uh, that's ever existed I'm in the history of mankind. I've only seen the Music Man on stage. Know. I'm not super familiar with oh, that. Oh, you know Shapoopy from just uh, for, Family Guy. Oh, yeah. And I, that was bad. Yeah. I remember did appreciate that. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy is a giant musical theater nerd. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, how did I not recognize that? You should watch it just for Robert Preston. He is like, just, he's the perfect Howard Hill. Okay. Yeah, Buddy Hackett's great, though. He's really funny in this. Mm-hmm. Um, that little Buddy Hackett voice. <laughs> <laughs> even, they even like make his face look mm-hmm. like him. They do, yeah. Just uh, really fun stuff that they can do. In, and they use in, him the animation. perfect amount, too. The little yes. goofy kid, like, that like, doesn't know what he's talking about. And honestly, I was watching where he's like, okay, I, make, I tried to think of some sort of joke of like, here's another example of someone mansplaining something they don't know anything about but saying with the utmost authority and i was like you know what and i'm like yes you can make that joke but i didn't but then i was like ah. but he's really lovable he's never like arrogant about it yeah he could also a bit overuse and have been like the goofy character sure. that you maybe have too much which like i mean as good as frozen is like i could probably do with like 10 minutes less olaf if i'm being absolutely completely honest yeah. but they use him exactly the right amount yeah for sure when i was a kid i used to love sebastian as sort of the straight man mm-hmm. yeah. to just sort of all all the craziness the wacky, that was going yeah, on yeah. An- another trope that mm-hmm. they've done i i actually had a several examples in my head and then i i blanked on them but the one that can come to mind right now is lion king with a uh, zazu mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a straight laced almost almost mo- more so than the royal that they answer to themselves right yeah, straight laced yeah. person who's just trying to keep every uh, like keep shit together like yeah. zazu was like Almost exactly a direct a direct uh, connection to Sebastian. Yeah, totally. I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. What else have we not gotten to yet? Well, uh, we, we haven't really talked about the music a lot other than part of your world. Um, didn't Under the Sea win It won Oscar? the Oscar. Won the Oscar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I real. I think I realized older than I was proud to admit that like Sebastian was clearly supposed to be like a black character, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then I and then I realized that like in my mid twenties and felt kind of dumb that it took me that long. <laughs> and even sort of the voiceover actor, I'm blinking on his name. He just passed away. Like yes, last yes, 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 yes. Was it the mm-hmm. was it the voiceover and singer was the same guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And even just the characteristics of that actor, they put a lot into the animation mm-hmm. of Sebastian. Too. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, and on that same note, Jody Benson. If you look at young photos of look, yeah. even that hair, that 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 unde, that undecipherable hair, <laughs> is very like she looks exact. Like that was when they used them for a full like for everything as a model. This is uh, Samuel E. Wright. Samuel E. Wright passed away in May. There was like uh, one or yeah. two other things that he like had been in that I went, oh, that was the same guy, and I'm, I'm blanking on him. Well, if we want to talk about uh, visual reference for Ariel, we have to talk about our friend Alyssa. We got to talk about Alyssa. <laughs> yeah. So Alyssa Milano hmm. was supposedly, I mean, she's even said it, too. I remember she said on Runway that she was used as one of the references for Ariel. Really? The, yeah, the animators kind of used her. Because I mean, haven't you ever heard that? For... Was she already a like a well-known oh, child I mean, actor? I mean, at that she point? was. Boss she was, was on Who's the Boss? Who's the Boss started in like '84. Yep. <laughs> I say that Who's the Boss was never like was never a yeah. cultural. Like I just missed it. So, yeah. and yeah. she was already. I love sort of finding out uh, stars that were used as reference. I'd always heard when I was young Jennifer Connelly as Jasmine, and Tom and Cruise Tom as Cruise Aladdin. Aladdin. Yep. Yeah. 
I never heard of either of yeah. those. Just visually, they had yeah. their they had their pictures up around their stations as they would draw. Oh, so it wasn't like I came in and stood and did a model. No. It was more like it was something you heard after the fact. No, I mean they actually did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like. Jennifer Connelly and Tom Cruise had no idea that they were like, like, did they get that. money? Did they get no, a check? No, this? not at all. Mm-hmm. But no. Alyssa Milano maybe did? No, she didn't actually go in for reference either, but she was kind of one of the biggest teen stars at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it so, makes total sense. Yeah, so they used mm-hmm. her kind um, of her face and her body a little bit for, for visual reference. Yeah. Um, more to like, I guess going back to the music to like kiss the girls still like that whole scene that they set. I was like, I felt it felt romantic to me as an mm-hmm. adult. Um, honestly, I think that might almost be even better song than Under the Sea. I think that my favorite song is still Part of Your World. Well, Part of Your World is, is like... It's everyone's it's, favorite song. Well, it's just, it's, it sets the stage. It's There's a hope. There's a emotion in it. Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, and to, again, but yeah, going back to what you said about uh, figure reference, you're right. The, the scuttle really does kind of look like Buddy Hackett a little now that I'm thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this was a time, too, when I feel like Disney kind of ebbs and flows with having the voice actor... And, mm-hmm. and do the singing yeah. as well. Because they didn't always do that. I think know? that for uh, for Paige O'Hara, she did the voice for Belle. But then for the voice of Jasmine, they used uh, Crown Jewel of the Philippines. What's her name? <laughs> Lea Salonga. Lea yeah. Salonga. She, yeah. did, mm-hmm. she did the singing voice for... For Jasmine. She also did the singing voice for Mulan. That's right. I'm like, she did one for If you ever meet yeah. any Filipino people, like, she, she should just be on, like, the... On the Filipino flag, she was um like hundred dollar bill. She was in an episode, in like a season finale of an episode of Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which at which talked. Even though like the main character was white, they talked a lot about the the well, the boyfriend's the, Filipino. The the, the object affection is Filipino, mm-hmm. and they talk about like his Filipino family all the time. And so, like a guest star was. Um, his aunt who was coming to his sister's wedding mm-hmm. and she'd been in like star search once and so, she had a big head. <laughs> and so she's like, like, well, you know, I'm going to give the gift of my voice. And was like, Oh, okay. But it's Lea Salago. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That woman had, how many Tonys does she oh, have? Yeah. She like, has, I mean, and also she, looks amazing. Also oh, like great, yeah. MVP of like Les Mis that she's played both major roles of that on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. She's yeah. played she, both Fatim and, Fantine uh, and- and Cosette. And Cosette, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I know we didn't, we, we haven't really gone through like the plot of the movie because everyone knows it and there's a lot of other yeah, stuff no, to talk about. Yeah. But something I thought about watching this when they almost kiss and Ursula goes, mm-hmm. oh shit, like that, that was, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got to get in here and, and, and do, and get some stuff. Yeah. She can hit, it's not that she just like got him because she, because she had the voice and he's like, it's you. She hypnotized him, which, Begs the question, why did you not just do that, like, her first day in so she's never got a chance? Like, why? Unless you're just like, I just want to fuck around and see what happens. Yeah, she she let it go for the, the like, full, like, two and a half days. This was always, like, yeah. a, like, an arrow in your quiver. Why were you not doing that? Like, like she showed up and then the day later someone's like, shows up. Yeah, there's Vanessa. Who, which we just learned was the same... Speaking voice yeah, was also Jody Benson, Benson, which yeah. props because she sounds the speaking voice sounds very different. 
Well, also, too, I mean, it makes sense that it would be Jodie Benson because it's Ariel's voice. Exactly. Yeah, so it makes sense. Why, yeah. But I love that she's like, yeah. I'm still going to make this its own. It's not going to yes. sound like Ariel. It's going to sound a little. Yeah. I love the scene of Vanessa when Scuttle is looking through the ship. And I love her little moment of like, you're getting the villains reveal through yeah. song. <laughs> Things are working out according to my ultimate design. <laughs> Soon I'll have that little mermaid and the ocean will be mine. I think mm-hmm. Vanessa is so fucking fierce in that scene. Oh, yeah. She's like, I think oh, she, yeah. is, she is like selling this. She is like yeah, selling like sex in this mirror. Mm-hmm. Looking at this mirror and then like. Throw she something at, on at the cherub, like on yeah. the mirror. Yeah, she like yeah. Stepping on the little like, perfume bottles. Be mine. Yeah. Yes, and then, but if you could see her through the reflection, you. <laughs> that was also the thought. I was like, were you just gonna? I don't think her long game is to marry. Like she just all yeah. she's right. doing no, is just she, to, yeah. this. She's but I'm like, live you just have to just avoid all reflective surfaces. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, um, I love that her little her little song part. It's a reprise of Porn yeah. Fortunate Souls. There's Great. a lot of reprises in this. Yeah. Um, there's like when, when we were counting how many actual songs, like song songs, there are, and they're mm-hmm. like five. The trailer said seven new songs, and I was like, <laughs> Did it? seven are new songs. Wait, fa- okay, on my count, fathoms below, part of your world. Uh, Fuck. Under the, <laughs> under under the, the sea. sea. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I am sorry. Fathom's Below, and then there's that song where the sisters introduce Does Ariel. that count as a whole song? Well, I don't know. Let's, let's, count, let's count it and see if it matches, if, that, if that's what Disney is doing. I think you have doing. to count it. Yeah. It if, is. If we're going to count seven. No one's thinking. The, the no daughter, one's like, you okay. know what song I love? The sisters. Daughters of Triton. Daughters of Triton. <laughs> <laughs> Part of your world. Uh-huh. Under the under Sea. The sea. Uh, what's Por- poor Unfortunate my... Souls. Uh-huh. Kiss the Girl. Kiss. Um, oh no! I guess maybe do you count the the voice catching the? Uh... I don't know. And then, Ar- and then Ariel's lament. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then, um, what seven? What else? What else, what, else, what 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 would the other one After be? After that, yeah, I don't know what else there is. It has to be Daughters of Triton has to be included in the seven. And new so does songs. the voice catching song. <laughs> Ariel's lament. Five five <laughs> songs and two minis. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Unless they wrote that trailer, produced that trailer, like and the whole movie was quite, cut. quite hadn't quite been cut together. Yeah. So, but I mean, hey, yeah, that's the thing. It's like this is obviously this is a musical, but there's not like it's not like wall to wall songs. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, see, if you look at a lot of Broadway musicals, you mm-hmm. look at the track listing, like yeah. every other. I mean, Hamilton, like. Every other song's a fucking reprise on that. Yeah. Like, in terms of songs that have an entirely <laughs> a unique melody, yeah. there's like, it's not many more than seven, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Because, yeah. Um, Speaking Vanessa. of songs that we, since you're here, and I know that you're a big Simpsons fan, <laughs> but I sent you a YouTube video that... It made me so happy. Whenever I think of uh, Under the Sea, I just think of that episode of The Simpsons, Homer Badman. Because Homer's answered everything is what if I what if we just lived, lived under, under the, the sea? Under the sea, under the sea. There'll be no accusations, just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Homer, that 
gonna happen. Just live under the sea. It's not gonna happen. Are you, should, are you, gonna, you plug, if you plug it in? Oh no, I don't have it. Yeah. Oh no, and then I um yeah, that made me so happy. <laughs> really good song. And it's really like like we were talking about it. It's they did barely even try like like sometimes they'll do those exact song, but they do it in a different key. I think they even do it a different key for only half of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, just a straight rip. They're of just rearranging the notes. Like that's all. I mean, that's all music There'll is anyway. No accusations, <laughs> just friendly crustaceans under the, the sea. <laughs> so when I was a little kid, I got an aerial doll for Christmas. The one with the legs. And I the- lost my damn mind over it. <laughs> that you had the little like fin, like her. Her, the uh, her the fin skirt her yeah. went over like the legs, yeah. fabric, like fabric skirt yeah. that went yeah. over her legs mm-hmm. to give her a tail. She had her little like uh, her little bra, her like seashell bra. I think I brought mine in the tub with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to say you had to put it underwater. And I and my favorite part of that hair. doll were her bangs, and they were bangs <laughs> on the doll. Okay, that's. I'm sure they were. That sounds familiar. That. Is not fucking bangs. <laughs> There's no edges to it. Uh, this, is, this is gonna, <laughs> listeners. I'm glad that you've enjoyed my previous visits to this podcast. But this is gonna be the line in the sand between me and Scott, and our friendship it's is going to end here. Of, apparently, do you remember the? You know, I wasn't super into baby dolls as a kid because I just didn't have the patience for just like baby dolls that I wanted like a beautiful fashion doll. Oh, like one but that like you, you have remember, to like I'm the mommy and take yeah. care. Do of you it? remember sort of like the baby doll version of Ariel? Well, I guess that it was. Ariel so it was like she was, I was it was like a doll version though. of Ariel but it was the one uh, it was it was just larger no, do you I, remember the I, do you remember the commercials for it I don't no you know what I remember <laughs> and I don't know if this was Ariel or Disney do you remember there was like there was a version of some Disney princess where it was like Kind of like the My Buddy, where it was like almost life size or life That's size it. for a kid. Yeah. No, but did yeah. they have one for Ariel? They had one for Ariel. Okay, because yeah. I, 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 but it was that wasn't a baby doll. That was like it was roughly the the, the height oh, of a no, six, not quite five like year that. old child. No, yeah, she means the ones that are like sure your like, size, like my size doll. Like you yeah. could my size, Barbie. you could brush. Their I think hair. they were called yeah. my size. Yeah, yeah. Barbie, the Barbie ones are called my size Barbie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty. I think I lost her seashell bra, and so she was just like tits out the entire time. <laughs> but not? I'm the same thing. I didn't have a lot of baby dolls. I was more into the. I was more into the Barbie. Oh yeah, a fashion doll. Like I the said, fashion doll. Fashion doll. Yeah. yeah. And then I had a bunch of stuffed mm-hmm. animals, but yeah. Uh, but, was, was there an Eric doll? Like an Eric Ken? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure that there was, but I did have the Prince Adam doll from Beauty and the Beast. Oh. I thought Prince. I, well, this isn't a Beauty and the Beast podcast, but I uh, <laughs> I remember thinking his lips were like. I remember when his his. I've not seen oh, him like those really sharp features. Oh, when yeah. he. I mean, clearly you've seen the man I've spent my last. I like ba- the Beast. <laughs> I mean, he pretty much just turns into Fabio at the end of that. Yes, movie. thank you. And that's yeah. not that's not my my jam. That's a it's a major point of contention with people. Mm-hmm. Is, is it really? Is, is, oh. is he hot in human form? Yeah. Huge. Oh, that makes me feel so much oh, better. Yeah. I feel no. so seen You're right not now. Alone. Yeah. Well, alone. I mean, have you ever seen the Have you ever seen the fifties or like the nineteen forties Beauty and the Beast, the Crocto one? No, when, when, I do remember my grandma watched Cocteau. Beauty and the Beast uh, when he does, soap opera. When he does like turn back into a, a human at the end of that movie, mm-hmm. the actress that plays Belle or Beauty does look at him like, eh, I kind of like you better as the Beast. Mm-hmm. But what did, was he actually hot? Like, I just thought that this, his features were just Oh, too... no, he's handsome, but she just prefers him as 
in his animal form. I mean, they kind of touched. I thought that she was. I thought her performance was very dull, but the Beauty and the Beast live action, I I actually genuinely really liked it. I really liked the guy who played Beast, and they kind of touched on that a little bit at the end of that movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about from Gosford Park, um, not Luke Dan, Evans. Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. I was working at Barnes and Noble one day, and Dan Stevens came in. He was Luke, very handsome. Is Luke Evans the one who played Gaston? Because that yeah. was also yes. very fun. Mm-hmm. Speaking of villain songs that are a blast, fucking Gaston. I mean, yeah, so. It's great. It's great. But like we said, like, uh, you know, Little Mermaid kind of laid this groundwork. They laid the tracks yeah. for how many, you know, it, they call it like Disney animation, like Renaissance, like Second Golden mm-hmm. Age. Like the like, the big golden period was Little Mermaid, Aladdin. Beauty and the Beast was before Aladdin. Beauty and the Beast. And then The Lion King. Lion King. I think Lion it kind King, of Pocahontas. like the true golden age sort of stops there. Mm-hmm. I've never really cared for Pocahontas. I, I, he's not a big Mulan person either. I think Mulan's fine. I think He I, thinks Mulan is fine. I, I like Mulan. <laughs> I love um, Mulan. Uh, I, I like Mulan better than Pocahontas. I think I remember I like liking Pocahontas. Pocahontas more and then I watched as an adult and I was like, I'm really kind of bored pocahontas has weird and then i got mad because i was like i was like man native american representation deserved a lot better than this boring Mm -hmm. ass movie yep um hunchback's also kind of tonally weird hunchback has a weird tonal problem yeah it's a weird movie to have done i I feel like i even thought that as a kid yeah and i was like and even as a adult like no i still think this is a really weird choice yeah as a kid you're like i've never read that giant book but i know it can't end good and then there's like that weird (laughs) sexual like there's like sexual religious Undertones with like, with like a, yeah, yeah, so on. Um, yeah. um you know Hercules, what? I like Hercules, but I feel like Hercules also has a very like pop culture reference. Pop culture reference. Oh, pop there's culture a lot. Of, there's a there's yeah. like yeah. a um, um, a generation of people that are. I think they're maybe just like two or three years younger than us. Like yeah. very thing yeah. who are who like. All about Hercules mm-hmm. and Emperor's New Groove. Oh, I love mm-hmm. Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Um, and I've seen them. I like, but they, but that was like a very touchstone thing. You know, one of my favorite Disney movies that have come out in the last few years is Princess and the Frog. Sure, that movie's great. You- one of the top, my personal, I'd say, in my top three favorite Disney villain yeah. songs. That song, yeah, is a, a good fucking. Song. <laughs> Bop. Are you like, excited it, for the? Are you excited for the new Splash Mountain ride? That's going to be. Oh, that's right. It's going to be. They're going to make it. It's going to be the frog theme. Yeah, yeah. I, think I think it'll be cool. Princess Tivana. I'm going to be interested to see how they try to make that look like my, Louisiana. <laughs> so you know, my big problem with I think that Princess and the Frog is a good movie, but it's kind of like what I think about Tangled is that I think those two movies are very front loaded, but I feel like my patience sort of starts to wear with them in the last act. Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, I don't know if, like, the story is as interesting as, like, the songs and the performance yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah. I love the art style for this frog, but yes, that that's fair. It's a lot of them just going to be as being frogs. Kind of arguing. finishing up this episode, what is your favorite of the Disney classics, like the older movies? Oh, shit. Um, I mean, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast are kind of... We're talking, like... You're earlier? Earlier. From out of the vault. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but those were in the vault. Yeah. I mean, go vault. go way deep in the vault, like way back. So we're talking like like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Snow White. Snow White. Oh, they're all kind of... I, I don't... I pass. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little mermaid. I think they're all kind of boring. I think... Mm-mm-mm. I think... I mean, it's a lot of like... 
expressionless white blonde women. I don't like there's not a lot of expression. I feel like again, I also not Scott's giving me the dirtiest look right now. I like I'm I'm, no, I'm staring fully at Pete right you now. Know just, your words and do your research. I um, <laughs> um we just did a revisit of um Peter Pan and Bambi. Peter Pan kind of that character is pretty uh it kind of drives me crazy now that he's pretty toxic and i get that you are not thinking of that of when that movie came out in the 50s but a movie that kind of drives me nuts now that i used to love but our revisit of bambi bambi is a fucking work of art yeah i i can imagine that Mm -hmm. i think again i was like i was a theater kid my dad like raised me and like like music again like i was five and i was like i really love damn yankees um so I think that Disney classics to me always are the ones that have the musical numbers. So that's why like those other ones, they're beautiful, but they kind of – but they feel very um, – they, they feel boring to me in comparison to what I think of as like a true Disney classic. Sure. Sure. Well, we're going to be doing my favorite Disney movie next week on Which the show. Is. We're going to be talking about Sleeping Beauty. I like the dress changes, mm-hmm. the, the skirts. I'm like trying to mm-hmm. – I'm like, <laughs> how can I redeem myself in Scott's Scott, eyes? Scott Maleficent. Get out of here. Um, yeah, Sleeping Beauty's great. Uh, Cinderella has spends way too much time. There's a lot those. of there's a lot of mice in Cinderella I like that I always that. forget about. I like them. I like that chubby mice mouse. Gus, 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 Gus is yeah. yeah. He's okay, great. see, He's I, great. I, there's things I, I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, just I give me give me a musical number. <laughs> That's <laughs> so sorry, Scott. No, it's okay. <laughs> Um, I I I feel like I really like uh, Sleeping Beauty. I like Alice in Wonderland a lot. I can watch that anytime. I like mm-hmm. Jungle Book. Jungle oh, Book okay. has a Jungle Book has a great. It has like one musical number. That's, yeah, but it's a, a it's a good music music yeah. number. I think it has two songs in it. Um, Pinocchio I like can get scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that ride is still scary. Is scary. I mean, <laughs> one of yeah. the scariest film, one of the scariest scenes ever committed to film, are those little boys turning the donkeys. They, it is on obs- Pleasure it Island. Is yep. very yeah. It is upsetting. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, of this new like modern era, I mean, yeah, Little Mermaid kind of it started. Yeah, it was really. a game changer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and we have it to thank for all the huge musical, you know, animated movies after it. So we love it. I and mean, when you go out to karaoke, there always has to be that one bitch that <laughs> sings "Part of Your World" at karaoke. Really? I don't know if I've ever been I, anyone I who's s- been. I see more. I see more uh, Aladdin. Um, sure, a whole new it, world. Whole new it's, world. It's, and it's someone world. doing. A, it's a good duet song. Yeah. It's a very good duet song. Um, I have done "Poor Unfortunate Souls" ah. at uh, like Fiesta Cantina on go. Santa Monica Boulevard at like 11 p.m. on a Wednesday to go. a smattering of applause. I was very <laughs> drunk. Um, but one more question I would ask is: Did this kickstart the 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 mermaid obsession moment in I pop culture, so. or did yeah. that, or was this an answer to that? I mean, Splash had already existed. Splash had had come out. A but, few years prior to this, but movie. we're a bunch of like seven-year-old girls being like Splash. They want to be Madison. Splash was a Disney movie, but it was a was little it? bit more touchdown. It was, yeah, yeah it was touchdown. I did not know yeah. that. But I think it was a little bit more aimed at you know a, a grown-up audience. I, 
I was a kid and I watched it and I remember my sister and I watching it and loving it. I loved I loved Madison and Splash. Yeah. We need to do Splash on the show. We definitely will. I'm kind of surprised you Tom, haven't. Honestly, Tom like Hanks. that's so that's so your guys's. Tom Hanks is. Super I mean, cute I am also yeah. obsessed. Eugene with Levy. Mer- mm-hmm. Eugene Levy. I am oh also God. obsessed with mermaids. I have a merman tattoo on my arm. His name is Bert. I have a mermaid tattoo. Yeah. On my Pete has one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A card. I do not have a mermaid tattoo. Um, <laughs> did you guys, did you find that once you started watching mermaid movies that it changed how you swam in a pool? Yes. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> did anyone else do the thing? Maybe this was like a very girly thing, but like specifically, but did, did you, either of you do the thing where you dive in and you would kind of like arch your back so like your butt was in the air and then your legs went up? Yep. Thing? <laughs> I always did that. I was always picturing myself as a mermaid when like I did Like to dive it. in, like if you're in the water, you dive down forward, yeah. your butt, and then your legs go in yeah, last? Like yeah. Like, I'm sure in my yeah. head, I thought it looked the mo- like the most elegant thing. I'm sure it looked ridiculous, but in my head, yeah. I felt so feminine, how else, elegant. How and else magical. do you get into the water? Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> you will, or yeah. your mermaid, or, or your Ariel at the end of the movie, and you go, "I got to get to that wedding ship." You dive in and immediately go, "Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't swim." swim. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, sinking all the way to the bottom of the pool. Swimming upwards and doing a backflip. Noticing how your hair out. moved. If you or uh, if you were at the beach and you were riding the waves in, you just sort <laughs> of like came out on the sand and pretend like you were a mermaid, <laughs> like surfacing. Yeah, we all we all wanted to be mermaids. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it still sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think it st- definitely started with Splash, but mm-hmm. this movie just kind of like. And I feel like up. Hook came out in like 92 or so and that oh. movie had some great mermaid scenes in it. Yeah. Well, and Peter Pan before I mean before that which was in the 70s. No, Peter Pan, Peter was, in Pan the was the 50s. Oh. I love how cunty the mermaids are in that oh, movie. Oh yeah. That they're like bitches. Was it, yeah. Maybe that was that what it was? That maybe this whole thing was just like, hey, you know, mermaids have gotten a bad rap. Well, we and they also want to drown Wendy in that movie. Well, the yeah. thing is, we haven't talked about like mythology yeah. and like mythological the mermaid mythology. mermaids and sirens and all that they're not nice they're gonna their, drag their origins sailors. are not yeah. they're, they're not gonna great. drag sailors yeah. to the bottom of the ocean yeah. and also my merman tattoo uh he is attached to a sailor that is uh tied up in a rope there was this yep. i'll i'll send you guys photos of this so maybe you can post them on your instagram we uh went to like venture like downtown ventura mm-hmm. so it's like a drive would drive along the pch and we we're walking around the area and there was a little gift shop and it was closed and they had these ornaments and there was like 25 different ones and they were all this is clearly i feel like these were clearly trying to appeal to a gay audience or maybe just like a very specific type of woman but they're sure. all mermen all hunky, and they were all working different jobs. So there was like a barista merman, a fire, Ooh. a fireman merman. Which I'm like, what how? are the lo- how, yeah. what are the logistics of that? How? Why? Um, there, I have a picture of Billy having a doing a goofy thumbs up next to one that's clearly like a goth mermaid. Ah, I love it. Um, yes, there, I, they, it was like what in the gay hell? <laughs> and I will send them. To, and I actually, I think I took photos and said I gotta send these to Scott, and then I forgot. I mean, so I, I will a, send them to you. I'll post a picture of it, but I have a gender swapped. Uh, Ariel and Eric mug of them making out. That's awesome. Uh, Ariel is a is a is a man with this long red hair, and I love a ginger. Eric is like a it's like shipwrecked Eric. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like my sister had a My Little Pony that had a mermaid too. Oh my god! That's too much. That's too many things. I would have. I would have lost my. I would have lost my damn mind. It was like a seahorse, but a real horse, but My Little Pony, 
but also a mermaid. When do you go into fa- into like fantastical things, and when do you go into sins against yeah. nature? And I feel like that is playing jump rope. With I kind of loved it. I was obsessed with it because it had the My Little Pony mane, well, and it had the the mermaid tail, so you could take it in the bathtub. It was it was beautiful. Wasn't also the like it was also mint green. Aren't there? Hasn't it been confirmed that like what people believe, like sailors believed to be mermaids, were actually just like manatees, manatees. on rocks, and um, they were just being at sea, a manatee, or and a, they were just or like really horny and lonely. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I belugas. Think, well, no, because manatees have like mermaid tails, mm-hmm. mermaid tails, and they can yeah. go up on rocks and yeah. like rest on the waves. And if a guy hadn't seen a woman in a long enough time, and he'd Look also like sea cow, and he'd get scurvy. <laughs> Maybe more so from under the water. They just saw that like tail from I don't know. But I thought the joke was that they also like were just real randy and had like been these were probably yeah. that too been mm-hmm. around a lot of men. Haven't seen time. a lady in a long time. That yeah, I didn't see. Yeah, it's a mirage. Yeah, but uh, the mermaids of legend would like lure sailors with yeah. their siren song, drown them, yeah, kill them, yeah. So, and now they're on. Uh, now sirens are on the Starbucks cups. Yes, indeed, mm-hmm. because. Uh, the founder of Starbucks is like a distant relative of Herman, Herman Melville. Melville. Is that okay? Yeah, so dumb. All right. All like right. why? Why I not? Kept, yeah. okay. I kept wondering in this movie. I think I have it in my notes. Is King like? Does Greek mythology exist in this movie? Is he because is he King King Triton is King? Uh, is King Triton is Neptune Poseidon's son? I believe. Oh, mm-hmm. were there mermaids in the Odyssey? Yes. That I okay. There are mermaids in the Odyssey. That long ass fucking book. Yeah, Circe was not a mermaid, but like, yeah, that long ass book. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just oh, the, the, that and Beowulf. Uh, Be- Be- Odyssey, I could go through. Beowulf, I think I just tuned out about halfway yeah, through. You have to just couldn't. It's better for your mental health. Well, I think it's time we better to, wrap this. To we, wrap this, we better wrap up. this shit up. Yes, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so Talking much for coming back. Mermaid. We finally got to the Little Mermaid. I'm glad. I, I love this movie. I mean, I, I texted you. I said like I, I just love it. I don't ever really thought about why I love it. I'm like, am I going to have anything to talk about? Obviously, I always have something to talk about. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, no, this is this was exciting. It was also nice seeing it like with fresh eyes, mm-hmm. like. Thinking about like sort of the under like the undercurrent themes that were in it too, it, was, yeah. it gave me a new appreciation of it and and uh, what it started. Yeah, totally. Well, this was tons of fun as always, and we would love to have you back again in the future, of course. So we'll already start thinking about that. But. <laughs> And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you so much. Join us next week, and we will be doing Sleeping Beauty as our second Disney movie. Yes, indeed. Our, our, our back-to-back Disney movie. Two Disney movies in a row. But it is that time. Time for some Patreon shout-outs. <laughs> we would love to say thank you to... Oh, we have a brand new patron. We have a couple of new patrons, but we have like a brand new one. Nicole, thank you so much for being a friend. You are our newest patron. Thanks so much, Nicole. Along with Susan and Barry. You guys are brand, brand, brand mm-hmm. new. As well as JJ, Brandon, Leighton, Shelby, Merle, Michael, Charlie, Heather, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emily, Millie, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you for being Thank you guys. Here. 
so much. Listeners, head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay to check out our awesome exclusive mm-hmm. tiers on Patreon. Uh, we're just finishing up uh, another round of postcards. So those should be in the mail. They're about to go out soon. So check your mailbox for that. And um, yeah, you can also get some additional commentary tracks where you can watch a movie with Scott and myself. And uh, you can also get a newsletter. So check mm-hmm. out Patreon for that. Would also love it if you would uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Give on us Apple five stars. Podcasts. Give us five stars and write us a good review. If you write us a positive review, we'll read it on the show. Mm-hmm. We've read tons of them on the show. We love all the good reviews that you guys leave us. Thank you so much. So keep doing that and keep smashing those five stars when you can. Uh, you can follow us on socials. We are at Movies That Made Us Gay on Instagram and, and Facebook. Tw- and Twitter at NTMUG Pod. Yes, indeed. You can follow me. My name is Pete. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna. And I'm Oscar Scott on Twitter, Scott Youngballer on Instagram. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much, you guys. Go check us out there. Until next week, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.